when you have two third round picks, are you willing to take a flyer on one of them as a fallback and trade it over Trey Lance? I think I would. Like, like I said, I'd be way more interested in this if they didn't have Russell Wilson. I think Wilson really complicates it, but I, I still think I'd be okay with giving up a third round pick. I think I would be out on this, John. I think I'm going to take the other stance on this. I think I'd be out on this trade for a couple of reasons. Welcome into the show. It's Ryan O'Leary here along with my friend, John Heath. It's the Broncos Wire podcast. We're powered by the USA Today Network. John, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Ryan? I'm, I'm excited for draft day. Finally here. Finally got to get the party started. And by getting the party started, I mean sit around twiddling our thumbs for the first night. Yeah, we're getting ready to uh, to enjoy a broncos list day one of the draft, right, on Thursday night. And it's always like one of the top sporting events on the calendar for me each year. I love the first round of the NFL draft, especially the first, you know, 10, 15 picks. I just think it's really fun. A lot of theater, usually a lot of trades, stuff like that going on. Uh, you get to know those players from all the freaking mock drafts out there. Mock draft season has come and gone, right, John? Uh, maybe maybe there are more mocks going on as we speak right up to the end. But uh, yeah, I was wondering that. Like, Are you sensing the same kind of buildup, the same excitement from Broncos country that we're used to at this time of the year as we're at entering into draft night day one? It's way less buzz. Like, It's super, super low energy and just interest. Like, I think it was Pro Football Focus, one of the websites that lets you do mock drafts, like tweeted – these are the teams that uh, fans have done the most mock drafts for. And like and the Broncos were like the third or fourth fewest mock drafts on pro football folks's website or, or some website that lets you do. And I think it's just a reflection of, like you said, it's exciting to watch the first round and all off season when you have a first round pick. And like we talked about on the last pod, like two years ago when they had the ninth overall pick and it was Pat Sertan, like, all leading up to it, it was like, is it going to be Justin Fields? Is it going to be Trey Lance? Like, are they going to do a quarterback? Are they going to do, you know, basically best player available? That's not a quarterback. And now there's nothing like that. Not only do they not have a first round pick, they don't even have a second round pick. And I think the, the third round, I think, is when a lot of fans that aren't like super diehard start to tune out a little bit more like the first round, maybe the second round. And then the interest kind of wanes a little bit, it seems like. And so the Broncos, they're missing out on that early round hype. And you could tell it like mock drafts are down. Interest in the draft is down in general. So I'm excited. So we can finally get this thing going Thursday night and finally get to the Broncos picks. And then honestly, Ryan, I'm almost more like I'm excited to see who the Broncos end up with. But as far as like from a blogging perspective, I'm almost more excited about after the draft when they start doing undrafted free agents, because the Broncos have such a good history with undrafted free agents and Broncos fans always love to read about undrafted guys. I know that, you know, even if there's not a ton of buzz around the team's picks, I know that as soon as the draft ends, everybody's going to go crazy about the undrafted free agent, which is kind of funny. But just from like a blogging perspective, I like when there's buzz and people are clicking on our trackers and stuff. And for leading up to the draft, it's been kind of quiet. So honestly, I'm kind of eager to get the draft over with and get on with the rest of the offseason, even though it's going to be slow after the offseason. I don't care. Like <laughs> this draft has been kind of like super low energy. Yeah, I would agree. That, that would be that would be my sense of it, too. You're obviously in the middle of it a little bit more, but. And you're right, like after the draft, between the draft and the start of training camp, it is kind of the the only slow period that the NFL has to offer. But 
We're here uh, on this episode to wrap up our final thoughts on the draft as it pertains to the Broncos for the diehards who are not tuning out by the third round. Uh, John's going to give us his uh, final mock draft for Broncos Wire here coming up later in the program. Tell us some players and uh, you know what positions he was targeting in his mock draft for the diehards. That's coming up. But for the folks like me, John, who start tuning out as soon as Friday, <laughs> I'm like almost exhausted after Thursday night. And for me, it's like I begin tuning out on Friday and then Saturday. It's like, all right, I'll just I'll just read about these guys and, and trust yeah. the uh, the experts who want to throw the grades out there or whatever. I'll do that thing on my phone. I won't be watching the draft. I'll watch on the apps. And if a player gets picked, I'll read why they gave them a B or a C, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of how I um, take in the draft. So for the folks out there like me, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like this, let's do a fun, hypothetical, kind of splashy topic to start, John. Let's, let's start there. Let's talk about Trey Lance to start, right? Should the Broncos try to trade for Trey Lance? We know that this player is you know like hypothetically we're, we're going to take the you know the reports at their at face value john right john lynch the 49ers they're potentially shopping trey lance here in the days before maybe during the draft because they want to go all in on brock purdy so they're going to trade away the kid uh, what they they swapped what was it three first round picks and more to move up yeah, to draft trey lance yeah it was a, back in 2021 it was a huge trade and now they might be out on this player <laughs> Uh, what do you think? If the Broncos had a chance to move one of their one or two of their picks, maybe add in a future pick, I don't know what it would take to get this kid. Should the Broncos be in on Trey Lance? First of all, from the 49ers perspective, I think they're a little crazy. It, it seems like they're entertaining this possibility, and that's wild to me when in the playoffs last year they were playing like their fourth or fifth string quarterback because of injuries. I'm just like, like, wouldn't you like to have someone like this on your roster? I know he has some uh, like trade value because of his potential upside, but like Brock Purdy, like, yes, he did a fine job. But like to me, it strikes me as like another Jimmy Garoppolo. Like you put him on a really good team. Yeah, he's competent. He can get you in the playoffs just like Jimmy Garoppolo did. Like, are you really want to go through all that again and give up on this guy with upside just because Brock Purdy had one nice season and now Purdy is also injured? Like, he may not even be ready week one and you want to trade away Trey Lance or maybe not want to, but are willing to entertain the possibility. It seems like they're truly willing to listen to offers to calls about him. So from the 49ers perspective, it's, it's a little wild to me. From... Like the Broncos perspective, uh, to me, it's kind of sad because if they hadn't gotten Russell Wilson last year and like they just had like a bridge quarterback, like another kind of Teddy Bridgewater situation or something, I would be all over trading for Trey Lance this offseason. I would say we have two third round picks left. Let's offer them one of those third round picks and see what happens. You know, like if they're if they want to move on from Trey Lance, maybe they would take a third. And if they don't, like if they're really stuck on like a second round pick or like really want a first round pick, I doubt that would happen. But like if they are, then I'd say, okay, don't trade for him. But if they like I would offer a third and see what happens. Like if it takes like a third and a six in exchange for like Trey Lance and a seventh or, or something, like I would have made an offer without Russell Wilson. Now with Russell Wilson. I feel like it would create such a quarterback controversy at the very, you know, the very first time Russell Wilson struggles, everybody would be calling for Trey Lance. And maybe to an extent that would happen with Jarrett Stidham anyway, if Wilson doesn't do great this year. But I, I think it's just different. Jarrett Stidham is not Trey Lance, even though Lance has barely played. He's still 
the name. He's still a very high profile aspect. And like we knew when he was coming into the NFL that he would need time to develop. Like every draft pundit was saying, you know, this guy's a fantastic athlete, but he's super raw. It'd be great if he could learn for a year or two and then take over. And like, that's about where we are in his career right now. And unfortunately he's had injuries and just other quarterbacks ahead of him on the depth chart. So we don't really have a big sample size of him. And I, but I would be willing to give up, like I said, a third round pick, I, like toss that over to the 49ers, see what they think about it. Like I would have the conversation. I just really doubt that they would because of Russell Wilson. What do you think about it? Yeah. So just to just to clarify your take, and I thought you had a lot of good stuff in your commentary there, John, uh, comparing Brock Purdy to Jimmy Garoppolo, I think is perfect. It's a great comparison. It's a great take on it. I love that. Uh, so you're saying even even as the Broncos are constituted now with Russell Wilson, you would still be okay with them offering the third round pick to see what San Francisco says. And if San Francisco is saying, yeah, we're, we're willing to part with Trey Lance. And, it, and it, I'm assuming the price would be higher, as you said. I, I'm just assuming that just because there is a lot of unknown with Lance. You know who he reminds me of, John? Jordan Love in Green Bay. Like, yeah. nice looking player that hasn't gotten enough pro reps yet to really judge him. And I, I don't know, like... The 49ers, they're probably going to try to recruit, recoup some of the stuff they shipped away to get this kid in the first place because they went so so all in. Again, it was three first-round picks and a third-rounder to move up and get this kid uh, in 2021 in the draft, number three overall. So I, I just, I'm assuming the price would be higher, but let's just play with it. So with Russell Wilson on the roster, you would be okay with the Broncos offering up a third round pick. And if San Francisco was like, yeah, we'll give you Trey Lance, you do the deal. I'm just clarifying. I think so. Like the only reason I would have hesitant about it was because of the, the QB controversy it would create. Cause I do think Russell Wilson can and will take a step forward with Sean Payton. And there's nothing wrong with having like a fallback roster already on the roster, a young you know, a guy that could develop into a very good quarterback as like a fallback. Because we, we've all been saying like, if Wilson Denson have a good year this year, he's done. The Broncos are going to move on and find someone else. So when you have two third round picks, are you willing to take a flyer on one of them as a fallback and trade it over Trey Lance? I think I would like, like I said, I'd be way more interested in this if they didn't have Russell Wilson. I think Wilson really complicates it, but I, I still think I'd be okay with giving up a third round pick. I think I would be out on this, John. I think I'm going to take the other stance on this. I think I'd be out on this trade for a couple of reasons. And it's not because I'm not intrigued by the player, because just like Jordan Love, I am intrigued by uh, by Lance. I think there's a possibility there that he could be a player. So, you know, I, it's not like I would rip the team for making the deal, but I would be out on it personally because, number one, we don't know about this kid yet. He hasn't got enough reps. So there's only one team that knows Trey Lance, and that's the 49ers. They're the one team that knows him, right? They have him in their building. They have him in practice. And if they would be willing to let him go for just a third round pick, just a day two pick, John, and go with Brock Purdy, and like you just like you like you kind of brilliantly laid out earlier, just kind of roll the dice with Jimmy Garoppolo Jr. That would kind of be a red flag to me if they would be willing to do it for a third rounder. I don't know. I just feel like they'd be dumping a kid they invested a ton in for mystery relevant Brock Purdy. That would scare me. That's number one. My second point is that. Wouldn't trading for Lance this offseason, right? Sean Payton just got here. Wouldn't trading for a, a, a potential replacement for Russell Wilson, franchise guy potential, wouldn't that kind of 
send the wrong message to the team. I think you were kind of saying that with the quarterback controversy. It's like, wouldn't it kind of contradict everything Sean Payton was like telling us, John, when he got here, how he's saying, I believe in Russell Wilson. I can work with him. We can get him back to a Super Bowl level. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but like to, to say that one day and then a couple months later trade for his potential replacement would be wild to me. So I just think it sends a horrible message. Uh, and you mentioned Stidham. They went, I mocked this. Remember I was mocking this, this pick, this pickup because they went out and got Jared Stidham. Not not only did they go get him in free agency, John, they got him during the tampering period. They wanted Jared Stidham. They targeted this player. They made sure they got him. They paid him two years, $10 million. I don't care about the money, but they liked Jared Stidham. Sean Payton said nice things about the kid. He They liked Stidham. So you have Wilson. You have Stidham. Now we're going to trade one of our two third-round picks in a draft. We only have five picks total for Trey Lance. It, for, to me, that just doesn't really, it doesn't really make sense given what we've heard and what we've seen them doing with the roster. You know what I mean? So for yeah, me, yeah. I, I think I'm out on it. Uh, I'm intrigued I, by the player, but I think I'm a no. I hear what you're saying and it's all logical and all makes perfect sense, especially about like the QB controversy. And, you know, was it say about Russell Wilson, like right off from the bat, you're undermining him. So I, I totally get that. I, I just, I like Trey Lance. I liked him. I like him as like a prospect. And like, again, it's a ton of, and also like, I'm super, super biased, Ryan, to mobile quarterbacks. Like, I love a mobile quarterback. Like, when the Broncos got Russell Wilson, that was one of the things I was so excited about. And we didn't quite see as much of that from him last year as early in his career. I don't know how much was that him, how much of that was Nathaniel Hackett. Maybe he'll get back to it a little bit more this year. But Trey Lance is, like, ten times. Like, his rushing in college was just insane. So I'm probably biased just because I like Trey Lance. But I get what you're saying. It's all logical. From – the 49ers perspective, though, I do think like you make a fair point. Like, would it be a red flag if they give up him, especially for like a third round pick? But I think you have to consider the 49ers like they have a Super Bowl window. Like they've gone to the NFC championship game a couple times now in the last two years. It wasn't that long ago they got to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. And like they have these guys on the roster with the salary cap and with rookie contracts coming up, like they're not going to be able to keep this team together forever. So I feel like they kind of have a window. And if they think, you know, if we play Trey Lance this year, maybe next year he'll be like a franchise star quarterback in our future, but maybe this year would be some growing pains. And we don't want to do that because we just went to the, you know, we went deep in the NFL playoffs. We want to do that again. And Brock Purdy just did that. We just saw that he's capable of doing it. He didn't, you know, maybe had some growing pains, but like he proved he was already capable. So we're okay with running it back with that. And yeah, we're going to have to, you know, basically eat all those draft picks we traded for Trey Lance, but like we have a window now. So it's unfortunate, but we don't have time to wait around for him. Like the Packers, the Packers had time to wait around for Jordan Love because for all those years, they still had Aaron Rodgers. The 49ers, I feel like because they have a little bit of a window, I think they would maybe, I think maybe that's part of the reason why. They want to get something back for him instead of wait around for him. And maybe I'm totally off base with that, but that's just how I think the 49ers perspective could be. And from the Broncos perspective, I, I agree with you. I think you're right. Like it would very much undermine Russell Wilson. And as you correctly said, like they were all about signing Jared Sidham. So realistically, I don't think it's going to happen. And I, I get what you're saying that maybe it shouldn't happen but that still doesn't change my mind that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be opposed to it just because I like Trey Lance. But it's going to be interesting to follow these next few years, what happens with him and what comes of his career. No doubt about it. But tell us the truth, John. 
You have Trey Lance on your dynasty fantasy team, don't you? Uh, I wish I truth. did. <laughs> I, I tried to trade for him. I might try to trade for him again, but I love baby. Our dynasty league is locked right now in the offseason, or I definitely before the draft would be trying to get him because I'm afraid like if he's traded to uh I was just thinking about oh, like the Texans. Like say the Texans don't pick a quarterback at two and then they trade for Trey Lance. Like whoever has him in my dynasty league, there's no way they're giving him up if something like that happens. But if I got him now, like I have Davis Mills. So I could go to someone and be like, hey, Davis Mills, you know, the Texans are saying they're not drafting a quarterback. As of now, he's going to start with Trey Lance. We don't know if he'll ever start. So how about I give you Davis Mills and like, I don't know, maybe a third round pick in Dynasty, whatever, pick in Dynasty for Trey Lance. But yeah, I'm sorry. I don't want to bore Broncos Wire podcast listeners with fantasy football talk. No, don't worry. The the people listening to this podcast john are the diehards because as you said most broncos fans are they don't care about the draft because we don't pick in the first two rounds so only the diehards are listening i think and we appreciate you appreciate having you on so we just talked about lance the potential for the team trading for him Uh, we both agree it's probably probably not happening although it's a fun topic more realistic though john do the broncos target a quarterback at all maybe on day three I, i think more realistic the broncos trade back in this, you know, George Payton trades back, maybe on day three gets more picks, adds to this draft class a little bit. I think that could definitely be, definitely happen. And you mentioned the undrafted signing period, the team targeting quarterback maybe there. Do you think that's a realistic possibility for the team that they do add a quarterback at some point, maybe later on or in the undrafted signing period? Yeah, I definitely think that's way more realistic. And even if it's not a day three pick, like you're saying, an undrafted guy, like they had a virtual call with Sean Clifford, who is Penn State's quarterback, and they had an in-person visit with Oregon State's. Technically, he's kind of a quarterback, Jack Coletto, but he's like, he's literally do-everything player. He played linebacker. I think he did a little bit of fullback. He did a little bit of tight end, I believe. Like, and he played on special teams. Like, literally, he's Taysom Hill 2.0. And because he's so comparable to Taysom Hill, and because the Broncos brought him in for a visit, I think a lot of people are connecting those dots, thinking like, oh, maybe Sean Payton really likes this guy. And so if they got someone like that, he could come in and do like, quarterback power running plays and and basically be the Broncos new Taysom Hill and even just this week Peter King he said he thinks the Broncos will sniff around Aiden O'Connell who is Purdue's quarterback and he's also like a late round day three prospect so I definitely think late in the draft or like you said even after the draft I do think they're going to add another quarterback because you got Russell Wilson is your starter Jarrett Stidham is your clear backup they like to have, you know, someone either on the practice squad or some, I mean, it seems like less and less teams now carry a third quarterback on the active roster, but at least definitely on the practice squad, they want to have a third guy. And if you can have someone that's kind of a jack of all trades, like Jack Coletto, I think that might be something that's really appealing to them. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually starting to think that it's more likely the Broncos trade a third round pick for Taysom Hill than it is that they traded for Trey Lance. I'm surprised Sean I'm surprised Sean Payton hasn't gone and gotten his his man man boy trade for his contract. He, yeah. he has such a stupid contract. I cannot believe what the Saints pay him. Like I like him. He's very fun and a very useful player, but I think he's his salary cap hit in my mind is way too big. I think that's Sean Payton partly Sean Payton's fault. He loves Jason <laughs> yeah, Hill so is. much with New Orleans. <laughs> so yeah, so th- so that that could be interesting the Jack Coletto kid, uh the fact that 
you put in our notes that he played quarterback, linebacker, fullback. You mentioned he played tight end too. That does sound like Taysom Hill to me. <laughs> so that would uh, that would be interesting. And now for our diehard segment, let's get into your mock draft, John. Let's start with the third round, pick number sixty-seven. Why don't you tell us who was on the board and who you went with in your final draft uh, for the Broncos? Well, I'm cheating big time, Ryan, and I'm admitting this on the podcast to everyone. Like, I put Kansas State cornerback Julius Brents, and I say I'm cheating because as we've gotten closer to the draft, it like again, like I'm not a draft junkie, but I follow like some pundits who are. And as we've gotten closer to the draft, it seems like draft pundits more and more are saying or thinking that Brent's could be a second round pick. And I think I even saw someone the other day say he could be late first round pick. And I was like, oh my. So just because people think that it doesn't mean it's going to happen like all the time, like literally every year, many prospects go much later than you know, fans and pundits think they are because teams view players differently than we are all the time. Every, everybody has to make their own evaluation. So it, it might be unrealistic for him to follow the third round. And this is how I'm kind of cheating. I put like I put the specific pick, round three, pick 67, but I'm kind of thinking in my mind like the Broncos' first pick in the draft is Kansas State cornerback Julius Brents. And my logic is maybe he slides a bit a little bit like mid to late second round and the Broncos say to a team, hey, we have two third round picks. We'll give you a third round pick and a sixth round pick, whatever it is, to move up in the late second and then they get Brents there. And I didn't lay out in, in you know, this mock draft on Broncos Wire that, you know, those exact trade details, but I just put like the hypothetical, like if he's falling, they might move up to get him. Or if he makes it all the way to the third, I think it would be no brainer to pick him at 67 overall. He he's 6'3", 198 pounds. He ran a four five three forty last year at four interceptions. And honestly, a lot of that I like about him is his frame. I want to have another six three kind of cornerback to play across from Pat Sertan. I think that would be really nice. And like I've talked about it, Mathis did a fantastic job stepping up last year and he proved that he's capable. But to me, Mathis is a little shorter and maybe it's just my bio. Now that like the Broncos have had Pat Sertan and he's just like the prototypical cornerback. I'm like, yes, we need to get another one of those. And I said this on the last podcast, like you're not going to get another Pat Sertan in the third round, but if you can get someone with a similar frame and a lot of upside, I think that would be awesome. And Brent's I think checks that box and him being there at 67, Maybe it's not realistic, but it is it is possible. And could they move up a couple spots to get him? Yeah, I definitely think they could do that. So I'm kind of cheating right off the bat, but that's the first pick I have for them there. Yeah, I like it for a couple of reasons. Um, let's just I just pulled up a random the draft network scouting report. We can read about this kid a little bit on the field. Brent's utilizes his size and length to be a productive player against the run. We'll take that, John. Uh, physical corner, high-level defender against the run. Okay, they just repeated themselves. This might not be a great scouting report. <laughs> I should have done more research on this, John. Uh, does a good job of shedding receivers to free himself. So it sounds like he's good at stopping the run. That, that That's what I'm getting from just reading this uh, random scouting report on him. But another reason it makes sense is one thing you guys do that's great, John, on Broncos Wire is you, whether it's at pro days or uh, official visits or whatever, you guys kind of compile all of that in like a tracker, right? And the position the team met with more often than any other one was defensive back, right? So I think that's another reason it makes a lot of sense to go to mock defensive back corner in one of these two third-round picks. Big time. Like you said, they met with 
well that we know of like we we have this big tracker and i'm sure there's some prospects that we didn't hear about that we missed but of the guys we know of there was 10 defensive backs six running backs six offensive linemen four receivers three tight ends three linebackers three pass rushers and two defensive linemen so but and that it includes cornerbacks and safeties that defensive back category so that kind of that that makes it maybe seem a little bigger than it is because you split that in half. It's five and five, but yeah, I definitely think, and the Broncos have said they're sticking to their big board. They're sticking to their big board. They're not reaching for needs. And I, I do believe that, but when you have like, if you need a corner and like uh, you don't need, I don't know <laughs> what do the Broncos not need? I guess like a wide receiver. Like if if there's a like say they don't trade Jerry Judy on in the first round of the NFL draft, and they don't trade Cortland Sutton, and they think Tim Patrick's going to be healthy this year, if they have a receiver that's pretty good, but they don't need a receiver on their big board, maybe they have like a bunch of cornerbacks ranked higher on their big board than you know one of the better wide receivers in the draft. So yeah. Uh, they're not drafting by need, but maybe their big board, you know, to an extent reflects their needs. So in my mock draft, I basically picked, you know, five players that I think are at least relative position positions of need for the Broncos. But that doesn't mean that's exactly what they're going to do. Like I don't have a tight end. The Broncos might draft a tight end. I don't have a linebacker. The Broncos might draft a linebacker. And I just said like wide receiver, if particularly like in the later rounds, if they add a wide receiver, it's not going to shock me because, you know, when you don't have a first and second round pick, I mean, we're kind of being a dead horse, but it's hard to predict. So there's so many ways they could go and they keep preaching of sticking to their board. So it's not like they have a list of needs and they're just going to be like, okay, who's the best guy available at this need? Let's, you know, reach for him. Like they've, they've emphasized over and over. They don't plan to reach for needs. So I have, I have corner as the first pick because I, I personally would like them to get a corner. And then in the second round, or excuse me, in the third round with their second pick 68 overall, I have them picking Ohio state center again, because in my opinion, they could really use an upgrade at center. Like I, I want Lloyd Cushenberry to have real competition. I'm not totally convinced that Kyle Fuller is going to be huge competition for him. And again, like they could go this whole draft and not draft a center because one doesn't fall to them where they like it on their big board. But just what I would like to do, uh, Luke Whipler from Ohio state, you know, he, a lot of people have him as the fourth or fifth best center in the draft. And he, I think is very realistic to be there in the third round at 68 overall. And he's six, three, 303 pounds. And one of the, like in my earlier mock draft on Broncos wire, I had them picking Joe Tipman, who I think a lot of people have as a third best center. And it's possible that Tipman will get there into the third round, but some people kind of similar to Brent's have him going off the board in the second round. And Tipman, one thing about him is he's very tall. He's six six, and I don't know if the Broncos would take this into consideration at all. But Russell Wilson is a short quarterback. He's only five eleven, and Whipler he's six three, so he's three inches shorter than Tipman. So in a way, like, is it better to have a center that's three inches shorter than you know the prospect that's right above him on the big board who may not even get to the third round anyway? I don't know. I don't know how much the Broncos would take something like that into consideration, especially because, like I said, if this year doesn't go well for Russell Wilson, I think they're definitely going to move on from him next year and either sign someone or trade for someone or draft someone. Like, 
I think Russell Wilson kind of has a short leash. Like this is a prove it year. And so do you draft, like how much do you put into the draft of, you know, helping Russell Wilson, building around Russell Wilson and, and you know, making Russell Wilson's life easier? I, I don't know. Cause if, if, I don't know, it's, it's just three inches and maybe that's something that's crazy to think about, but these teams, they are like at the combine we see every year, like talking about last year, like Kenny Pickett's hand size, like these teams get down into stuff like that. So I wonder like if a center's height is something they're going to talk about. And again, no guarantee that they even draft a center, but I have them taking Ohio State center and with their second pick in the third round. Now, I hear what you're saying, John. You, it would be a blunder for the Broncos to pick this Joe Tippman because Russell Wilson won't be able to see over his freaking center. He'd be hitting his center in the back of the helmet. I see exactly what you're saying. It's it's just it's brilliant. So Tippmann's off the – he's down the chart. He's off the board. we got to go with this Whippler kid because Russell Wilson's got to hit Tippmann in the back of the head with his passes. I, I think that's great. I love that. It, yeah, no, you're right. You're so right about that, though. That I'm sure three inches, that would matter a ton to them because didn't Kyler Murray, like, hang upside down by his feet for like three days trying to extend his life so he was he'd be taller for whatever during the combine like this this stuff is real life this is crazy uh but yeah i think it's it's supposed to be a deep draft for centers so uh i don't think any broncos fans would be pissed about the team going out and getting one of the top five centers in the draft luke whippler put him on the board along with julius brents the corner out of kansas state uh john why don't you like kind of rapid fire through rounds four five and six our last the last three of our five picks in this uh in this draft for the Broncos, yeah. rip through them. So in the fourth round, uh, Siaki Ika, he's a Baylor defensive lineman. He could be a defensive end or a nose tackle, and I really like that because then he can just kind of rotate on the defensive line. And I've talked about before, they lost to Sean Williams. I really think it would be good for them to get defensive lineman. He'd be a good guy to get. And then the fifth round, Oklahoma running back Eric Gray. I really think they're going to get a running back at some point in the draft just because as I've said, like I wouldn't be shocked at all if Javante Williams is on the physically unable perform list for like the first four games of the year, maybe even more than that, hopefully not. But I'm just not counting on Javante Williams being ready early in the season. So then if you get someone like Eric Gray to pair with Samaje P. Ryan early in the season, I think that would be a nice deal. And in my earlier mock drafts, I kept having the Broncos pick a running back in the third or fourth round, and maybe they'll still do that, and I'm not opposed to it at all. But then I'd get to the later rounds in like this fictional mock draft and there'd be all these later round running backs. I'm like, man, there there's a bunch of like running backs you can get in the fifth, sixth round that are solid guys like Eric Gray. I really think he could be there in the fifth round. So I for this mock, I made them go corner center defensive line with the first three picks again, like not that they're going to be drafting for needs. But in my mock, I'd like them to address those spots. So I saved running back until the fifth round. They got Eric Gray. And then with their last pick. In the sixth round, I got Georgia. He, he's a, I think he played as a left tackle, Maura McClendon. I, I don't even recall which side, but these these tackles, um, a lot of them have more positional flexibility than you know fans might give them credit for. I think they could easily develop him into being a backup swing tackle and to be able to fill in for either Garrett Bowles on the left or Mike McGlinchey on the right. And it's basically just, an offensive line depth pick in the sixth round. Like in the sixth round, you're just throwing darts. And, and this is when I think they really are just whoever is the best player on the board. I picked an offensive lineman just because I want to improve their offensive line depth. 
But again, like they're going to fall on their big board. They're not going to be reaching for needs, especially at this point in the draft. So I have Julius Brents with their first pick, Luke Whipler with their third, uh, Siaki Iku in the fourth round, Eric Gray in the fifth round, and then Warren McClendon in the sixth round. So there you go, diehards. There's John's mock draft. This is probably the toughest mock you've had to do for Broncos Wire, John, right? This one's hard because, you know, we did correctly, uh, we correctly predicted Pat Sertan a couple years ago, but this is a whole, this is different. <laughs> this is, this is a, it's a lot harder to hit Julius Brent. So if you do hit that, oh boy, we'll believe we'll oh, be bragging. I, I'm going to be doing such a victory lap yes. if, if he gets to them in the third round. Absolutely. Watch it. He'll be on the board and they'll, and they'll pass on him for some other, for some <laughs> random guy, because John, who the hell knows what they're going to do, but I, I appreciate you for taking a stab at it. Uh, and definitely folks should be checking out John's stuff on uh, the draft, his mock draft, all his coverage uh, and let him know what you think about his mock. It's at by John Heath, right? John J O N John at correct by John Heath on Twitter. Let John know what you think. Uh, so that was kind of our, our draft thoughts, our kind of preview stuff. We have a few rapid fire things. We like to do like a lightning round to end the show. Uh, one headline that should jump out at everybody paying attention to the Broncos wire right now, John, is that, uh, well, we, we found out that John Elway is no longer an official consultant for the Broncos. So he's now like officially retired. He's officially stepping away from football. And uh, the part of the headline that really caught my attention is that he now wants to be a villain in a cowboy movie. What the hell is this? <laughs> Yeah, he, he stepped down, fans will remember, in 2021. He stepped down as GM. They brought in George Payton, but he's still had another year left as vice pre- or president of football operations, so he stuck around for another year. And then in 2022, his contract was up, and they brought him back as a consultant. So last season, he was a consultant. And then this spring, his consultant deal ran up, and they didn't extend it. I think it was pretty much mutual. I don't think they necessarily kicked him to the curb and I don't think he necessarily was asking to come back. I think he's ready to be more retired and more away from football. Uh, but yeah, he told Woody Page had a really good interview with him. Uh, like it's very obvious that Page has had a good working relationship with him for basically his whole career. But he he told Page years ago that he wanted to be a villain in cowboy movie, and and after you know his official tenure with the Broncos came to an end, Page interviewed him again. He asked him if he wanted to do that, and he was like, yeah. And he said, but now he's getting kind of older. And apparently he's friends with Kevin Costner. So he said he might call him and ask about a role in Yellowstone. So, you know, maybe that's something to keep an eye on in John Elway's future. I I personally think it would be kind of sad to see him as a villain, especially like in Yellowstone. Like I've, I've not even seen all of it, just some of it. But some of it to me is just like so dark and sad. And I'm like, uh, Elway, I don't want you to be the, one of the bad guys in that. But if that's what his thing is, that's what his thing is. So we'll see if anything comes of that. We'll see if, yeah, we'll see if Elway calls this guy Kevin Costner. That's kind of funny. Yeah, the first thing I, I thought about when I saw this headline was Yellowstone, and it was actually in your article on Broncos Wire. So yeah, so John Elway must be a big Yellowstone fan, wants to be a villain in a cowboy movie. We'll see what, what happens there. Uh, Jerry Judy was tweeting again. I, I always get nervous when that happens, John. We know <laughs> Jerry gets very sensitive to uh, fans reacting to his tweets in a, in a negative light. Uh, this tweet was about his jersey number. He wants to wear number four. That was the jersey number he had in high school and college, John, but he's not doing it because he doesn't want to pay. <laughs> the NFL makes you pay now. So what is it they make you pay for? They make you buy out all of your jersey inventory. So all yeah, of his number so 10 like, would have to be bought out, right? 
Yep. Every jersey that the NFL has printed for Jerry Judy, that's like in the NFL shop warehouse at the Broncos, like uh, stadium store and stuff. He'd have to pay for all those. And I guess a couple years ago, the same thing happened with Dalvin Cook. He also wanted to switch to number four, which was his uh, college number. And the NFL, I apparently, I think Dalvin Cook was like one and a half million in unsold inventory, but he finagled away. He just like gave him a year heads up in 2021, I believe. So he, he had to wait for all of 2022 or wait, maybe he waited all of 2021 and then 22 he switched. I don't know. Somehow he had some kind of a deal where he could wait it out and then switch without having to pay. And either Jerry Judy missed that deadline or he's not aware of, you know, that waiting out possibility. But an, another way this could all be a moot point is if, you know, if somebody calls the Broncos during the first round and they want to trade for Jerry Judy and the Broncos want to get in the first round of the draft, if he goes to a new team, then he can wear whatever number he wants, provided that it's available. And, or, you know, say the Broncos don't trade him, but he becomes a free agent either next year or the year after if they pick up his fifth-year option. If he goes somewhere else, then obviously he can change his number without having to pay for the old ones. But as of now, apparently he'd have to buy out the old number 10 jerseys, and he tweeted, uh, I ain't paying. So <laughs> it looks like Jerry Judy's going to be wearing number 10 again this season, but in protest, he really wants to be number four. He yeah. wants to, you know, Rock that Brett Rippin jersey. So he's demanding a trade, John, so he can be number four because he doesn't <laughs> want to pay. Uh, that's that's what's going on with Jerry Judy. Now, um, side note, I think this is a stupid rule. I think it's stupid that they have to buy out the inventory. Yeah, it's to not the player's number. fault that the NFL printed a bunch of yeah. jerseys. And if I'm a fan who bought number 10, I'm a Jerry Judy fan and I bought number 10. That it's Jerry, classic. Yeah, and Jerry Judy paying for the rest of the number 10s doesn't change the fact that I already bought number 10, right? Like, I, do I get my money <laughs> yeah. back? No. So that doesn't like that doesn't matter. It's stupid. Just let him change his freaking number. Who cares? So yeah, that's dumb. Here, here's another thing that people might find uh, stupid. Uh, it's really expensive if you want a uh, Sunday ticket uh, this, this season. And for fans that are out of market, I'm actually going to be moving this year, John. So I'm looking at Sunday ticket myself for, for just like my personal man cave football room that I hope to have in our next house here. And it's... Uh, I assumed i know youtube tv got kind of the exclusive rights to it i'm i'm on hulu right now uh, i'm gonna have to switch back to youtube tv but um that was my plan my plan was like all right i gotta say i gotta switch off of hulu i gotta go to youtube tv because i want sunday ticket to watch my games and, and watch my you know my my favorite team apparently that's not the case right you don't have to be a youtube tv customer to get sunday ticket it's just going to cost a, a crap ton to do it like, explain this to me because i didn't know this yeah, I guess if you are already a YouTube TV customer, I'm not, but like some people in my family are. If you are, you can just add Sunday ticket to your package. And I think it's like $100 cheaper than if you just buy Sunday ticket by itself without also paying for YouTube TV every month. So if, you don't have to be a YouTube TV customer. You can pay for just like uh, NFL Sunday ticket channel with like your Google account, like whatever your YouTube sign in is. And right now it's 449 a year, like you said, just a crazy price. And if you want to add red zone to that, it's 489 a year. It, if you get it before June 6, it's like a hundred dollars off. So that's something, but that's still, you know, you're looking at like 350 to 390 a year. That's a lot. But 
you know, you don't have to pay for a full year of DirecTV. Like it used to be you had to have DirecTV to get Sunday Ticket. You don't have to have YouTube TV. Like Sunday Ticket will be a little bit of a discount if you do, but then you have to pay for YouTube TV every month. So it's a give and take. It's like for me, I'm just going to I'm going to be able to write it off as like a business expense because I, I need to have it to be able to watch the games. But yeah, like that's a very pricey uh a very big price to pay to pay for every game. And the NFL is still, they're still refusing what everybody actually wants is a, a Sunday ticket package to be only able to watch your team. Like if every, if being able to watch every single game, the NFL costs $450 a year, only watching your team, 17 games, like it, it wouldn't even be valued as a hundred dollars, but they could easily charge a hundred dollars a year. Tons of people would pay that just to watch, all of their favorite teams games and, and not even have availability. Like if they did a team option, I think that's what people would really like. But as it is, you pay for every single game and it is nice to be able to pull up any out of market game, but yeah, four fifty a year. That's a pretty big price tag. That's crazy. So if you, if you wait and I know I will do this, I'm taking my head, boy, I better, I better get this before June 6th. If I want it, uh, because I'm going to be out of market and I want to watch my games. I better do it before June 6 because otherwise it's going to be 450 bucks a year. Just yeah. just for Sunday ticket, never mind, you know, the monthly Red charge Z- for YouTube. Yeah, and then if you if more for Red Zone, I mean, Red Zone at that point it's a, it's another 40 bucks or something. So, yeah. that's that is a lot of money. John, that's brilliant. Like NFL pay-per-view. You know, so yeah. you get your local games in the market you live in, wherever your, you know, your IP address is if you're online or whatever or you're plugged into your cable. People still do that. I think they do, but it's going away someday. Um, and then you get whatever, you know, whatever national broadcasts are, are affiliated for your market. You know how those change each day. You, you get whatever, whatever games are on Fox or CBS, whatever. You get those games. And then if you want to get another game that's out of your market, that's not national on that day, you just pay extra for that one game. That would be amazing. But that would just yeah. be, that would just be too convenient for the fan. Right, John. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I mean, I wish I could just pay for it. Just pay for my team. If it's not, exactly. if it's not on a, a national broadcast, I could just pay for my team each each week, and it probably won't come out to fi- like almost five hundred dollars. No, see, uh, that's the thing. It wouldn't end up costing that much a year. So the NFL would rather say, "Oh, no, 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 we'll give you every single game. What a great value!" And you'll pay us three fifty a year and like it. Like if if you're only paying for one team, there's no way they could charge that much for it. So it's it's just it comes down to the money. It always comes down to the money, especially with the NFL. They are oh, all man. about the money. So we're gonna have to pay up. They're out of market fans are gonna have to pay up to watch games this season. Yeah, and then you have to decide whether the Broncos are worth it. <laughs> That's a lot of money for a lot of people. <laughs> yep. So we we will see we'll see what happens there. Um, I'm gonna have to make decisions myself on whether I want to switch to YouTube tube tv or just just stick with red zone um and do it that way so um yeah so there's that so that was kind of our rapid fire portion and now uh that's where we leave you for this episode and we'll be back next week john so we'll we'll come back we'll react to the moves the broncos made not only in the draft but i think they'll be active in the undrafted portion especially if they only have five picks so yeah. the undrafted the, four, the, yeah. If they only pick five guys, they can sign thirteen undrafted free there it agents. Is. And there like it I is. said, Broncos fans love undrafted free agents, so it will be fun. We're, we're going to be tracking all that on Broncos Wire. So even as when the draft ends, still stay tuned to Broncos Wire because there's going to be a lot coming up.
Absolutely. So we'll be breaking down all the undrafted free agents next week. <laughs> that, might, that might be the most interesting <laughs> thing that happens. Class. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I do. I just have a hunch the Broncos will trade back multiple times in this thing and, and collect more draft picks. I just I think that's something they'll do, but we'll find out. And then uh, we'll be looking forward to schedule day, I guess, John, and vacation, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. But but if folks who listen to us every week or every episode, because we're not we're not technically on every single week, but uh, our schedule day episode last year, we told you that we were worried about week one. We we brought it up right away. We waved the red flag. We're like Denver at Seattle, not good, not a good first game. And we were right, John. So people are going to want to listen to our schedule. Day. You're, you're giving me too much credit, Ryan. You were right. You waved the flag. I kind of poo-pooed how dramatic it was. You you totally called that. I did. Thank, thank you, John. Thank you. I, I you know I, I do take a compliment. Well, I appreciate so I'm, you I'm giving blushing. me credit, but that was all you. I don't remember you pushing back too hard on that. But yeah, I mean, we we do break down the schedule and give you our and, and wave the red flag where we're worried and we were wor- and or at least I was worried about week one <laughs> in Seattle last year. I said that's not good. We want that in the middle of the year, not week one. This is bad. And uh, I should have put my money where my mouth is. I should have bet on the Seahawks because boy, we we all know how that happened. Didn't Nate Hackett try to kick a sixty-eight yard field goal to win the game or something, John? Yeah, oh God, it was so crazy. My blood pressure is already going up thinking about week one and and oh my gosh. <laughs> That was when, so bad. Yeah, when all the I, I just have a picture in my mind of Peyton Manning on the Manning cast, like his face <laughs> gets angrier and angrier, and he's just putting his hands together Signaling in a timeout, time like harder and harder, <laughs> yeah. like breaking his fingers, like timeout. I'll take a timeout here. I'll take a timeout here. And they just let it wind down and try to attempt a super long field goal. Yeah, his we we don't have to worry about those game management issues anymore. Sean Payton is so experienced. Hopefully, we're not going to have a lot of stuff like that to discuss this season. Yeah, he's too he's too aggressive and he's too experienced. To, so yeah, for that bleep show. Oh my god. So yeah, we're we're kind of there, right? We we've we're through free agency. The draft is a, another big part on the schedule that kind of gets us into the 2023 season. Um, I'm all about it for John Heath. I'm Ryan O'Leary. Check out Broncos Wire. John's gonna, you're gonna have you're gonna have draft stuff right up until the until the Broncos finally pick, right, John? So people should just be checking that out. Yeah, re- be refreshing all weekend. We'll have leading up to the draft, like you said, during the draft, we'll have their picks, and then after the draft, we'll have more about the picks, highlights of the picks. And then, like I said, we'll get the tracker for the undrafted free agents, and then when they become official, we'll get little bios on all the undrafted guys. So there's a lot coming up, and then, like you said. The schedule release will probably be like the second week of May. So we'll do a little schedule release preview on the next episode as well. Love it. Looking forward to all of that for John. We'll catch you next time. This USA Today sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.